president of MagnaWave. And joining me today is a very special guest, Dr. Amanda Myers. She is MagnaWave's medical director and a wonderful friend. Um, we have traveled together and she has some great insight on PMF and wellness right now with everything that's going on with COVID-19. So she has grace, graciously uh, decided to join us, even though she is currently working right now. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? It's great to be here with you today. Good. Where are you right now? I'm in Tampa, Florida. So, okay. yeah, the governor here has just put in a stay in home or shelter in home order. So hopefully everyone will be minding that and social distancing appropriately. So, yeah. So are you working at a hospital um, part time, full time, like while you're in Tampa? I am. I'm here actually working in the Tampa General Hospital in the pediatric emergency department. So working shifts with them. And how has it been? Has it been busy or um, have you seen a lot of cases? We it's been busy. Uh, we, of course, are seeing our standard volume of just trauma, injury related medical care that need, is needed and then just average sick. It's still winter. So we do have a lot of just influenza, common cold problems that occur, but we are seeing an influx of COVID-19 cases. Uh, we've admitted several through the pediatric emergency department in this last week. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people keep saying that it doesn't affect children and that they're not going to get sick. Now, I from what I've heard recently that that's not true. What are you seeing in terms of children getting sick and are they OK or how, how is it working in that sense? It's not that they won't get sick. Um, they, they can certainly have the illness. The illness is just minor. It's more like a common cold. So they do run fever. They'll have congestion and, you know, snotty nose situations, and then they'll cough quite a bit. Um, and that looks exactly like every other sort of illness that they encounter throughout the wintertime. What we are interestingly finding with COVID is that they're not getting as complicated or secondary complicated sick as they do with some of the other viruses like RSV or influenza. So unlike the older population where COVID-19 is fairly devastating right now, what we're finding, uh, the, the kids are just not getting ICU level sick and there are very few that are actually succumbing to the illness and actually dying. So they can get sick and it's a little bit of a trick because then they look pretty healthy, they look like a common cold, and then of course they're around other people and are exposing that COVID-19 process, you know, of illness to anyone else that comes around and picks them up and hugs them and kisses them. So yeah, like grandparents yeah. and any yeah. any type of even older adults in their 30s, like you, any, you could still get you know very sick, and even if it's not hospital level sick, it's not something you want to go through, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the the people who experience the illness, you know, again, we're seeing the vast majority of people who get COVID-19 as an illness have a very minor illness cycle. Um, you feel lousy, of course, it's a week to 10 days and then you get better. It's very much like the flu, you're very achy, um, you, your head hurts, you have fever, you know, you have a sore throat, ear pain, et cetera, is, you know, but you're recovering um, across the board. It's, it's the, the older generation and individuals who have complicated medical, you know, sort of acute exacerbations of chronic illnesses that we're finding problems with. Yeah. Um, so you, you don't want to experience it, but I, I have a feeling that the vast majority of us in America will, just like we experience flu almost every season. So. Right. 
So a lot of people that I've talked to have been really feeling like things from the media are political driven. Like there are definitely, you know, you hear one thing on one station, you hear another. So like, will you define what you think COVID-19 is? Like, what is it and, and what should people be doing? Should they be listening to the stay at home orders and, and following those? Because this is very real, correct? It is, it is very real. Um, and, you know, the, the reason for, I think, the extreme stay-at-home orders, social distancing, you know, advisories are that this is a highly contagious virus. And we, we don't know a lot about it since it is brand new. And so that always creates a, a, an interest factor because it's rapidly spreading. Uh, and there are people who are becoming very sick in this process uh, that we are concerned that our medical care facilities, the emergency departments, the hospitals, the intensive care units are going to be overwhelmed just by the sheer number. Um, if this were metered out slowly over time, it wouldn't be that big, I think, of a, a media interest uh, on many levels. If we published flu numbers this season alone, you guys would panic. There have been 30 million people who have gotten the flu. There are 24,000 people who have died this winter alone from the flu. So, but we know a lot about flu. We know a little bit better how to contain it. We know a little bit better how to treat it. We know a little bit better the people who are at risk from it. We don't know anything about this virus. We're not sure how long once you're exposed to it, do you actually become sick? If you get sick, how long will you stay sick? If you recover from it, are you then immune from it? Will you get it a second time or not? We don't know those answers. We don't know the answers to if you get sick, when are you capable of making someone else sick with the illness? So when do you viral shed? When do you stop viral shedding? When are you no longer contagious to someone else? We just, we don't know that information. Uh, and so it's, it's creating a, a very big response uh, from the world and from, uh, you know, the United States. And, and unfortunately, we're not getting a single unified directive. We are allowing each state to make their own decisions about their population. Right. And so the media is giving you a lot of mixed signals because some states are totally locked down and not doing anything and others are still at the beach, you know. Right. So it's just confusing, I think, for a lot of people across the board because we're not getting a, a single voice. And that is in part, I think, too, that we are learning every day a little bit more about this virus. And so what I know, what I knew last week and what my directives and protocols were in the hospital system last week are different than what we're doing this week. That's how rapidly this is changing. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's very hard to get, I think, information out there that is consistent when we don't know what's going to happen next. I completely agree. That's, I mean, I think that's the thing is that is just listening to the stay at home orders and, and really focusing on your family right now is a very good directive. Just stay home people, because there is so much unknown. It's not that difficult to stay home. Um, now, what about somebody who thinks they might be sick? Like uh, we had a question in the chat here from Yale and she talks about that her husband was sick for about 10 days. Now her daughter has 102 degree fever. She's worried how, what, what should she do and what should she know? Um, is that a possibility? Should she go to the doctor? What do you recommend that people do if they think that they, um, or if they get sick at all? I think, you know, you, again, the vast majority of the people who do get sick are going to recover and they're going to have a small intercurrent illness that is uncomfortable, but not devastating. Mm -hmm. The 
if you feel like you may have COVID-19, I think the directive right now is to try to find a testing facility because we are trying to count numbers. Um, but also know that, you know, if you can, if you can take good deep breaths and you're not having any shortness of air in your breathing pattern, um, if you are capable of still drinking well and, you know, taking little bites of things along the way, like we do when we're sick with any other virus, you, you're still going to be fairly safe. We would recommend if you become symptomatic though, that you really do self-isolate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's critical that you do not share whatever it is that you have, whether that's influenza, which is still around right now, mm -hmm. whether it's a random common cold that are still, you know, wintertime being spread, or whether this is COVID-19, don't go around other people. Try to limit that spread. Have very good hand washing. That this the COVID-19 virus is uh, like a lot of viruses. The skin surface or the cell surface of the virus is a fat layer. It is destroyed by soap. It doesn't matter what soap you use. It doesn't matter if you use hot water or cold water. We would recommend wetting your hands, applying the soap, and then rubbing your hands, not scrubbing. Let's not peel your skin layers off. Let's keep your skin intact, but rubbing them. Yeah. Uh, for 20 to 30 seconds, and then turning your water back on and washing off the soap. That will kill any virus that is present. So, you know, making sure that you're self-isolating, making sure that you're hand-washing well, or sanitizing your surfaces frequently, uh, just trying to minimize the contact that you have. So if you do get sick, you're not sharing it with others. Yeah. That's a great point. And I, I do want to say that um, uh, Dr. Amanda is a, is a doctor and a, our medical director at Magnaway, but she cannot in any way in the questions, if you have a question, she cannot tell you if yourself or your family member has COVID-19 over this. So if you ask a question like that, I can't answer that or have her answer that because she's not your doctor and she does not have you there uh, to diagnose any symptoms. So um, if you have a fever or you have any of those symptoms, it's really important that you reach out to local officials, your doctor there and talk to them because she's giving very general information. We can't give very specific information about whether or not you or your family has it, has it or is sick of anything at this time. So I just do want to, I do want to repeat that. It's not because we don't want to answer those questions. We just can't. Uh, that's not what she's here for. Right, Dr. Myers? Right. And I mean, I would, you know, again, your local patterns matter. So there are areas of the country that are clearly COVID free right now. Uh, and then there are areas like New York City where it is literally everywhere. So, you know, it really does depend a little bit on where you live and what your social exposures have been. Um, you know, and we would, I would recommend generically, if you have that concern, you know, your regular doctor's phone line should still be open. The CDC has a really great website where you can kind of go through a little algorithm to see, do your symptoms really fit into COVID testing uh, or not? And then finding a local pattern where you can go They're They're beginning to get these drive-through testing facilities up and running. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a good sort of local resource around you. It's just a matter of, you know, finding it and, and driving to it. Yeah, I would really recommend to everybody that what I have noticed in Kentucky, and I will say that our governor has done an extremely good job of informing people. Uh, we have a really great, you know, website for the state of Kentucky, and I believe every state has that, and they have the actual verified testing centers 
there on the website. I would recommend reaching out to your actual representatives and look at the, those websites because if you just see some people standing on the side of the road in white hazmat suits or whatever they're wearing with the PPE and they have the tents up, I know that here in Louisville, we've had some problems with people doing fake testing sites. So it's really important. I don't know what they're doing whenever they give, why they would want to do that or if they're charging for it, but it is a concern. So just make sure that you reach out to your doctor or your state, uh, go to your state website because most of them are really communicating some good information. Um, to switch gears a little bit here, Amanda, how have you, you've used MagnaWave, you've been very familiar with PEMF uh, for years. Uh, we actually went to New York together to see Dr. Oz last year. Um, and Amanda was fantastic. He asked some really great questions. Uh, she was able to really explain um, everything that was going on and how it worked. So she was very, very important to us. There we are on the Dr. Oz show. It was great. So Amanda, tell me a little bit about how you believe that PEMF would benefit somebody with their immunity. Um, should they use it right now? Should they use it if they think they're sick? What do you think the benefits are there with uh, PEMF? Um, I feel like... You know, across the board, this is a virus. So there isn't a really good medication profile for us in the medical field. We're looking at some different alternatives right now, medicines that we've used in other categories. None of them have really panned out to be anything that we feel like we can ubiquitously use. And so and they're still trying to study some things and go forward. But what that really does mean for us is that we are going to be providing supportive care. So the things that you can do at home that are vital and important are supporting your body. Your best defense right now is, is an offense, right? So you really need to be protecting your own health. Um, and, you know, pulse electromagnetic fields uh, do several things that will facilitate health. Uh, you know, one of the first things that we talk about is that it actually creates more nitric oxide in the body. So it is the chill factor. It's the thing that helps your entire system move out of a stress functioning pattern into a more yes. relaxed functioning pattern. And I think we all need that. If you're home right now and you're watching the news, you're scared. I mean, there's anxiety. And I love the fact that if I treat myself, and I'm just backing up what you say, I really do feel better. And I think that that's part of it is bringing that, you know, that entire relaxation down. Yeah. I think anytime the body is in a fear mode where the entire chemistry shifts, you, you move out of sort of a normal function process into what we in the medical field call a fight or fright scenario. So you are immediately, you know, building huge stress patterns that will create or allow you to create superhuman strength or fast running or the things that we do when we're totally frightened and scared, right? So, but that's not a normal physiology. That should be an intermittent episodic type of physiology to stay in that acidity level will definitively damage cells over time. So getting out of stress, getting out of fear, getting out of you know the, the chemistry that comes with that, moving back into a relaxed phase will change blood flow patterns. So the, the pattern of blood when we're scared and, and freaked out are gonna be moving into muscles out of organs. We need our organs to function and function well. So getting that blood flow back out of our extremities and into our core is pivotal. So looking at that, uh, again, will allow every part of the body to do its job more effectively and efficiently, uh, which will allow it to remain more healthy. Um, I think the other thing that parallels with that is that we do find that we, we make all of our blood vessels when we use a magnetic field larger. 
So our blood flow improves. So we're looking at distributing it in the correct places and then increasing the volume of blood to the areas that need to be uh, supported, you know, and then a, a third and sort of tied into that complex factor is that we do change the shape of our red blood cells when we're in this type of a, a magnetic field. So we are taking them out of crazy funky shapes and putting them back into their normal physiologic shape, which allows them to pick up more oxygen out of the lung and distribute it into the body. So if I can change your stress level and move the blood to the organs where it's supposed to go, if I can make your blood vessels larger, which helps improve the flow to those places, and I can pack that blood with more oxygen, then all we're doing is maintaining a, a healthy system from that perspective. Yeah, so if you're sick, it's okay to use a magnoid machine or use PMF in any sense. I mean, the idea is as long as you're using it correctly and you're treating yourself, the ability is that you could, you know, you're going to allow your body to do what it would do at its best form. So that's what we all need to be doing. So is there a supplement or what do you recommend people do besides just using a PMF and, and using MagnaWave? What do you recommend they do um, supplement wise? Like what should we all be taking? Um, I'm a huge supplement taker in my, my life and my world. I feel like it's insurance for me. Uh, I demand a lot out of my body with the way that I do my life, uh, and the crazy schedules that I am in and I do a lot of flying to work. So I, I, it's just a, it's a hard, you know, with an unpredictable pattern. So I'm not getting up every day and going and working out and then going and doing my day. It's, it's very different every day. So for me, I like supplements because they're, they're a good insurance pattern. Um, you know, right now, I think the the immune support vitamins that are, are critical are going to be vitamin C because that really does help uh, the, the virus being absorbed and destroyed. So mm -hmm. we're looking at its oxidative burst. Uh, we want B6 because it will help change and facilitate the biochemical reactions of the immune system to build the immune system to be stronger to be able to then identify the virus and then uh, fight it off. Um, anti, the, the vitamin E, and it's a great antioxidant. It's a really good uh, repair cell structure uh, and any injury in the body that we might have from this virus. Uh, and then vitamin D3 is kind of a big player right now. Um, we are looking at it in two different ways. The some, Two of the impact factors we are finding from COVID-19 that are part of the medically challenging complex is that it does create a large inflammatory response. Our cytokines, part of the immune system that finds a problem and then helps us destroy it, are becoming overreactive with this virus. They're calling it cytokine storm. Um, and it's not predictable. We don't know who's going to do it. Uh, some healthy people are doing it. Some sick people are doing it. Uh, people who have multiple chronic medical problems will do this. Uh, but diet, vitamin D3 will help minimize the overproduction of the cytokines. So I'm writing this down. Just, just going. <laughs> and then, uh, then the other thing that vitamin D3 does is it actually helps protect the lung tissue. Where this virus is entering your body in a, in a big way, the concerning entry point is in the lung tissue itself. So, you know, getting that sort of deep chest cough, that wetter cough that sometimes leads into a pneumonia, uh, and then what we're finding in the COVID sequence is that you can have the pneumonia progress and become 
ARDS from a level into an acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is ARDS. Uh, and that's really where your lung tissue is just destroyed. Uh, we, it's very hard to survive. Not, most people do not. I'm not sure that we even have anyone, anyone that's in that end phase that we have been able to have recover. Wow. Uh, so preventing that, that cycle is, is key. And vitamin D3 actually helps stabilize that lung tissue, helps the virus not be able to attach onto the cell surface. If it can't attach, it can't invade into the body itself. So if we could slough that virus off of the tissue surface, uh, then we can we can hopefully avoid some of those lung issues that come along with the rest of the viral symptoms. Yeah, I think that's really important information because I think that it's not just going to be one thing that's going to keep you um, healthy in this. I think that there's a lot of things, your mental health, like you said, using, um, you know, go outside, take a walk, stay away from people, but walk around your, you know, get some sun, but then yeah. also take these C, B6, E, D3 vitamins every day and try to focus. And what I've really noticed is that I have been using MagnaWave. I've been treating myself. I have a um, I have a large loop here. And what I've been doing is putting it through my shoulder like this and treating myself for about 10 minutes on each side every single day. I've been doing this with my children as well. They think I'm super annoying because I keep giving them vitamins and making them sit on the MagnaWave machine. But what I'm noticing is that it's not just helping us physically. Um, it's helping us mentally. And I think that that's very important. I think a lot of people right now are struggling with the mental um, toll that this takes on having to stay home, especially if you're single and alone. Um, you know, it's really important to, to bring some of these other modalities into your life and take these supplements and get outside and walk, uh, FaceTime your friends. Some people are even afraid to go to the grocery store. We had a question earlier about people going to the grocery store. Is it dangerous to go to the grocery store? And what precautions are you taking in those type of situations? You know, I, I think it really does matter how your social distancing and you know my my general recommendation would be do do those things you have to there's it's not like you can not go get food or restock some supplies and those types of things and i don't think anyone's expectation is that you will just lock yourself inside your house and never come out until right. um because i think this is going to be a really long time before this is over frankly so but you know being very careful, being very cautious, go to the grocery store, try not to touch your face after you're touching items. We do this unconsciously thousands of times a day, you know, but it, this virus can live on the surfaces of products, on paper, on plastic, on cardboard, on metal. It doesn't matter what the surface is, it can survive. So knowing that, you know, go to the grocery store and then go wash your hands. Yeah. You know, when you come home, take your clothes off that you've worn out, put them in the washer and, and, and wash them. Wash your clothes, you know, wipe down the products that you're bringing into your home, uh, especially if you have somebody who does have multiple medical problems, you know, high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, the high cholesterols, anyone who has a lung issue, asthma or COPD, emphysema type of, they need to be very careful about their specific exposures. So, you know, if you want to really be hypervigilant, you wipe down everything that you come back into the house with. You wipe down your key fob, you know, for your, your car, your car doors, your car steering wheel, that, that you can do all of that effectively. And you don't necessarily have to have sanitizer wipes to do that. Soap and water kills this virus. So it doesn't have to be complicated and hard. 
Yeah, that's really good information. You know, I have to leave every single day because I have a business, clearly. And with Magnawave, we have a building and I do go there because I need to check the mail and do some basic stuff to keep the building, uh, you know, check check the plant. We have plants there and we have people. So I think that the main thing is to make sure that when you leave is to, you know, really wash your hands, take your clothes off. Like you said, that's really great information. Now, what about wearing masks? I know that some people have gone back and forth, um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I personally don't think it hurts to wear a mask. If you're going to be in a public place, it's not going to be a bad thing to have a mask on. Um, if that makes you feel safer, then do it. Um, I, I, how do you feel about that? I, I think that that's, you know, we're, that's been the big debate, frankly, yeah. about mask and what kind of mask and so forth. And, you know, the N95, which is the mask that healthcare workers are wearing, is a mask that seals around the cheek and the nose area. It is a form-fit mask, yeah. correct? So it goes underneath the chin, all the way around, and then up across the nose bridge. So that kind of a mask will prevent me from inhaling this virus, and or practically the 95 means 95% of the particles that could be in the air will be filtered through the mask. That's what it means. So, and it's down to a very specific micron size in nanometers for those of you who are wow. here. Um, yes, and so the, the, the product itself is designed to help someone who is kind of right on top of each other from sharing what they have with each other. So if I'm seeing you and you have a runny nose or a cough or you sneeze in the room, then that allows me to still provide care for you without becoming exposed and becoming sick myself. Um, you know, the surgical masks, the normal face masks that we wear are not form fitted. So you entrain air kind of around the mask edges, which means there's part of the air particles that you're going to be exposed to. Um, I think the, the most helpful thing about a mask though, is that it might remind you to not touch your nose or your face. Yeah. Right. So if, if yeah. I'm doing this and then I just go pick something up and then I move on, you know, the next person that came past me and touched something that I touched after I rubbed my nose is going to have whatever I have. Yeah. So maybe just even that that help that social distancing occur would be key. You know, and then the second thing that we that we know is that if I cough or sneeze, if you've ever seen a video for this, it will completely freak you out. The plume of the yeah. amount of stuff that comes out of you is fascinating and huge. And yeah. is extended four to five feet around you in a diameter. So if I do cough or if I do sneeze while I wear a mask, then I'm not creating that plume that might land on a surface that somebody else touches or land on the person if they're just happen to be close enough to me. Yeah. So masks are potentially good for the spread, which is, you know, I think China was very aggressive about masks. We have not been. Uh, that may change. There, I'm getting emails today about the potential that they may begin to recommend everyone wearing a mask if you're in public. And again, I think that we are looking at the CDC's recommendations. Dr. Fucci is saying, we wanna flatten this curve. If we don't social distance, if we don't stay home, if we don't hand wash, everyone is going to get this. What we want is for a smaller number of people to get this, number one. And number two, we want, if you're going to get it, to it not be all at one time. That's what we're finding in New York City, right? That we've got 234,000 cases of COVID in America today. In New York State, they have like 85,000 of those cases and 
50,000 of those cases are in New York City. Wow. All at one time, encountering the medical system, the medical system cannot float it. So the medical system in New York City is stressed, overwhelmed, overburdened, and is concerned that they may run out of the ability to care for people. So that's why this is so valuable and so important to social distance to keep, you know, at home as, as you know, as much as you can to hand wash aggressively to sort of minimize your contact. That's that's why we're making these recommendations. Yeah. And if you're going outside, you know, I think a lot of the things that have changed for me personally is like we have a fire pit in our backyard. So we've been doing uh, little fires and we ran out of marshmallows. And usually it would be like, oh, I'm going to go to the grocery store and get some. No big deal. But now it's more like, OK, that's not a need. Uh, we, we could just wait until the next time I have to go to get fresh fruit, milk, um, the things that we need to survive. And then we'll get it. You know, we don't need to have uh, s'mores every night if we're if we're home. It's not a necessity. We're in, you know, regular life. It wouldn't be a big deal to run up to the store and get those type of things. But if I am, I am wearing a mask. I don't necessarily do the glove thing. I feel like gloves for everybody is really different um, because you're still touching your face. You're still touching right. everything. Gloves are useless if you're, they're just like your hands, if you're doing all of that. Right. So um, I'm not really doing that, uh, but I am cleaning my groceries before they come in. I am cleaning any packages uh, before they come in the house and then changing and washing my hands. Um, and then I'm doing the things like magna waving. I'm doing the things like taking the vitamins, like you said. And I really think the important thing is, is if you get sick or if anybody, you know, thinks that they're sick in any way is just staying home. Now, for somebody like you, you're a healthcare worker. What are you doing besides using PMF and all of that? What are you doing? Um, because it's got to be scary to go to work. I mean, do you worry about the situations there? I mean, Yes, there's, I don't think any of us that are walking into the front line right now that are, you know, feel great about it. Yeah. It's, it's certainly a concern for all of us. And, you know, when I walk into the hospital every day, they take my temperature. Uh, they make sure that I'm not having any ill symptoms. You know, they've got a, a big employee health set up for, for everyone, for anyone who walks in the building. That's what we're doing. Uh, we are all taking our temperatures twice a day to sort of make sure that we're not developing fever so that we are not part of the exposure, uh, mm -hmm. that's for sure. You know, and it's it's just like, I think everyone else, it's, it's I'm washing my hands more than I was. I, you know, I'm, it's, am I touching my, I, I would agree with the glove scenario because when you do things, if you're in the grocery store and you pick up a can of green beans and you set it down and you pick up a can of corn, you know, and then you get your phone out because when my list is on my phone, yeah. then I go back to touching everything around me. You know, the glove is just as contaminated. And so is the thing that you then handled. That's your own personal item. So it's just yeah, then you touched all over your face. Yeah. Trying to remember to not do that, which is just hard because we're not sort of geared that way. So for me being at work, it's coming out of a patient room and really decontaminating my badge, my glasses, my my stethoscope, like everything, you know. And I feel like most of us are carrying less with us. We just are, you know, concerned for that type of exposure. And, you know, when I leave the hospital, I pretty much wipe everything down before I get in my car. And then I've got one space that I put all of my things in that it stays there because I'm traveling for work, of course, so I don't have laundry ability. So I, you know, fold my clothes in a very specific way in a very specific place. And then I shower, you know, so yeah. it's the same scenario really for me as it is for, I think, most of you. 
So what dosages, we did have a question here about the C, B6, E, and D3. What dosage do you recommend for yourself and um, for just regular adults? And then can you give these supplements to your children? So all of the supplements are safe in children and they are safe at the levels that I will, uh, that I will tell you the, the actually, they've actually done a, a decent amount of study, uh, specifically in the vitamin D3, because they are recommending 10,000 units of that. Okay. It's, a, it's an IU, an international unit. You want 10,000 international units daily of okay. the vitamin D, and we know that that is safe. And we know that it is safe in children. Uh, we've done studies up to 60,000 international units a day over a six-month period of time and found no toxicities. So okay. I feel very comfortable recommending that 10,000 level. Um, vitamin C, uh, 1,000 milligrams a day, one gram, very easy to do. Uh, it is a vitamin that if you don't use all of it, it will actually be excreted out of your urine. So there's not a toxicity level specifically with it, but it's imperative because we cannot actually destroy any of the bacteria or the viruses if the vitamin C function cycle isn't working. So vitamin C, you have to be very aggressive about and okay. a gram of that a day is good. Uh, B6, we're recommending 200 milligrams per day. Uh, and in vitamin E, 400 international units in a day. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times if you have a, just a really good multivitamin, these will be part of that. So, okay. you know, read the labels. Uh, certainly, if you, you know, don't need to, to buy extra or do extra in that sense, um, vitamin the B complexes are, are in a lot of our food that we eat, and they're certainly in multivitamins. Um, the vitamin E may not be quite at a 400, so whatever multivitamin you're using, then supplement you know, the, the dosage uh, from that point forward. Uh, vitamin D will not be on a level of 10,000 units, though, in a multivitamin, so we would recommend you take that separately. Okay. That's great information. Now, if somebody's taking these vitamins if they, and they decide to use PMF or MagnaWave, does it help with the uptake? I've heard different things on this, that if you use the MagnaWave um, after like 30 to 45 minutes after, you know, I, we, I worked with a lot of veterinarians. They swear by this. So biology is biology. Can you tell me a little bit about, does it benefit you to take your vitamins and then have a MagnaWave treatment? Um, you know, I think the, the MagnaWave in general will increase absorption, uh, and it's mostly based on the chemistry, right? If our chemistry is working effectively, then we absorb in a better fashion. If our chemistry is damaged, injured, or not working well, then the things that we eat will come right through us. Um, so I feel like, yes, if our cells are supported um, and we get good blood flow to them, then actually they will do the job that they're supposed to do, which is in the, the intestine lining actually absorption. Um, you know, one of the other things that MagnaWave does is it works through an electron spin cycle to increase the actual mitochondrial work and our, all of our energy for any cell function that we make um, is created through the mitochondria and it's a molecule called ATP. Uh, yeah. and how our body works and, and functions and, and a cell can have the energy to do what it needs to do. And so if we can MagnaWave and increase our energy and we can MagnaWave and increase blood flow and oxygenation and a relaxed physiology, then everything functions like it should. And so any type of cell function like absorption will be supported and enhanced. 
Right. So that's just great information. You know, I would recommend taking, you know, your supplements and then treating, you know, using a, a wellness session with PMF right afterwards. Um, Eileen O'Leary said uh, she's a pharmacist and it's pretty scary for us, too, because everyone is coming in sick. Um, she's magnawaving herself after work every single day. And I think part of that for her, um, I want your thank you for your for what you're doing and continuing to work. I know that it's scary, but I think it's very important to, um, you know, do these things to calm yourself down. I think that's been my biggest battle is stress and keeping it to where, I mean, if you absorb yourself into the TV and you're constantly watching the news and the stress of it is a big thing. And when I've, you know, PMF is FDA approved for depression. It is really a great thing to use, in my opinion, during these times. Have you seen this in any type of way? Or what do you think about using it just for the relaxation and the ability to, you know, combat some of that depression? I think that's key right now. I mean, we're we're sort of you know the the analogies that the media is using is that we're at war. We're using defense acts money federally. You know, we are going into lawmaking that is unilateral choices in times of big crisis. That's what our government is implementing to try to combat this. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like yes, if you watch any of the streaming news, it's it's a constant. How many people are sick? How many people are dying? How many people are going to get this? Everyone's business is closing. Everyone's, you know, it's the end of the world from that perspective as well, yeah. economically for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just a health concern now. It's a, it's a big economic strain uh, on people that we've had more people apply for, you know, government assistance for either monetary support or housing support or healthcare support, you know, in the last three months than we've seen ever realistically. So, there's a, there's a ton of concern and worry, I think, for a lot of people. Um, and again, anytime we can move our body out of that stress, you know, fight or fright, you know, sort of physiology and move back into a more normal flow, that's going to aid your body and keep it healthy. You know, I find that a lot of people, when you do MagnaWave treatments with them, they'll say, you know, man, I just really slept better last night. Yeah. You know, so, and that's a critical part of this as well. If we're not resting, if our body stays vigilant, we will not go through the normal repair cycles that occur at night while we are sleeping. So your sleep is critical and nobody sleeps good when they're stressed. That's a, it's a, just a known fact. So if we can minimize stress, if we can help change some of the physiology in the brain and create more of the happy, you know, sort of chemistry than a depression factor, then, you know, we're, we're going to move toward, I think, something that is a manageable scenario for most people. Uh, the loan factor is, is huge. We're seeing an increase in some of the domestic violence areas. You know, kids in homes are, are being crazy kids and parents are having to take care of them all day long now and, you know, get the schoolwork done and, and all that. One of the nurses actually yesterday said her eight-year-old has forgotten which hand he writes with. So it's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> For him to do his homework yeah so it's you're dealing with new things right these are new stresses for most people so yeah. you're having to do things differently you're encountering different stress factors you know all of that adds up and builds up so anything that you can do to minimize your stress lower it sleep better you know stay kind of globally healthier in that sense is valuable 
Yeah, that's 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 great information. I mean, and I God bless her, that nurse, because I have three children and with a 13 year old and a nine year old and a two year old. Let me tell you, and working from home, it is a just a journey we're on right now. A really, really fun experience. But I do I do find that using the machine has been really great for me using the MagnaWave. And it's been a really great quiet time for the kids. Um, I'll sit them down and say, okay, we're going to, you know, do a MagnaWave wellness session. You're going to lay on the mat or I put the large loop over their head and have it around their neck like a necklace. Um, and it's been really great for them. Um, Sandy Travis asked for the length of time and intensity to use MagnaWave for daily support. And I think that's a little tricky because everybody's body is different. So you want to set the setting that's comfortable for you. I am personally doing about 30 minutes. I do, you know, about 15, 20 and then in the morning and then just to keep keep me happy and feeling better and get in the blood flow. And then I do about 10 minutes at night to help with sleep. What do you think about that, Amanda? I think, I think that's a good plan. I mean, I would argue that, you know, it's not one focal area is not necessarily what you want to do right now, but the lung would be certainly a, an area to focus on if there was one specific place. So doing something in the chest area, kind of like what you described earlier, Lane, where you're putting the loop around your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, Certainly the middle of the loop, the inside of the circle is where your intensity is coming from. That's where the magnetic field is at its strongest. So putting it through the shoulder length is great. Uh, doing that side to side, you know, if you, if you did 10 minutes aside on your lung every day, that would be fantastic. And then I think it's really about where, where are you achy, right? So we're all kind of doing stuff differently. We're in different chairs and different locations for longer periods of time. So are you achy in an area, you know, then certainly focus on that. Um, just in general, if you've got a mat, certainly just doing, you know, the torso sort of shoulder to pelvis area would be useful. Uh, and then I think actually, you know, magna waving over your head is great because that's how well are you sleeping? How well are you thinking? How well are you dealing with, you know, the, the stressors that are coming in in, in multiple ways that are new and different for all of us to manage? Yeah, I, I completely recommend it. Sandy, it also really depends depends on what machine you have like some of the lower power machines you may want to do a few extra minutes more than if you have a max a maya a pulse pro um we would be happy to help you with that but usually my rule of thumb is you don't need more than 45 minutes a day um most people if you have a high power unit from magnawave 45 minutes a day no matter what unit you have as long as it's a comfortable setting that's all that anybody would need switch up your attachments and try new things you could put a butterfly loop on your back you could put a mat it's really about just keeping your cells um you know reactive and keeping your blood flowing taking your vitamins go outside a lot of people are scared to go outside and walk in a park um in my opinion i've been staying six feet away from people uh, my kids and i have gone to a park that's a block from our house sat in the park and we blew bubbles for like four hours yesterday and we just not something we would usually do but the two-year-old loved it and we had a great time just laying in the sun and we didn't come in contact with anybody now there are benches and swings and all of those things at the park and they've actually removed the swings uh, from our park and they've locked down the playground, which I, I think is great. But then there's these like um, backyard swings that are out at the park and people are still sitting in those. Do you recommend people use those type of surfaces or stay on the grass and, and wash their hands and just stay away from those type of things? I mean, I, I think outdoor exposure is, is key. The sunlight, the oxygen, you know, seeing the beauty, it's spring. So it, this is a time frame where I think a lot of areas in the country are gorgeous, you know, so seeing that beauty and being out in that natural air is, I think, a valuable mental health scenario. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I would argue that this virus does live on surfaces. So if you are going to utilize a bench or a playground equipment, you know, having a wipe that you maybe de sort of can't contaminate the surface before you sit down on it or use it would be a reasonable way to go and then have at it, you know, so yeah. and, and enjoy the space that you can. So, um, you, you know, if that worries you, then there's walking and, and, you know, if you have your own camp chair that you want to bring, a little outdoor chair that you can sit in and, and just hang out, then, then do that. If you have your own toys for your kids, then they're your toys, you know, so you know where they've been and, and how you've controlled and contained and cleaned them. So, you know, just being kind of smart about things like that is reasonable, but outdoor is, is still, you know, even now uh, across most of the nation where they they are having stay in, in home, sheltering home orders, the, the parks have remained open. Uh, and, and that's because it's such a benefit for you to be outside and to see the, the, the spring and to be in the air and to enjoy that part of your day. Yeah, I'm really thankful that if this is going to happen, which it is, and this is going to happen, at least it's in spring and not Christmas or the middle of winter for us, because that would be just so difficult for a lot of people that would be stuck inside. And I know immune compromised people um, are a big concern. And what about somebody with cancer? If they, This is a question we were just asked. If somebody has cancer, can they use the machine? What do you recommend they ask their doctor? Like with this, you know, how, how, how do you explain that? I mean, I would, I would say certainly if you're going to add in any treatments, you should discuss it with your physician because that, you know, cancers are, the locations matter, the kinds of cells that they're coming from matter and the treatments that are being implemented matter. And they may articulate a little bit differently, you know, from person to person uh, from a healthcare perspective. So certainly discuss it with your doctor. They may not know anything about pulsed electromagnetic fields. So um, encourage them to maybe research it a little bit. The, the studies that we ha have that involve cancer um, show that it is safe, that it's not going to make the cancer particularly, you know, swell and get worse. And, and it's, you know, sort of how, how much of its presence is there. Um, certainly if you're in remission, uh, it, it maintains healthy tissues. So that's reassuring. Uh, but again, I would, I would definitely recommend engaging your physician or your, your healthcare team uh, and whether that's an appropriate management uh, for you to do that as well. But I completely agree. I do know um, just with my experience with MagnaWave and PMF over the last 10 years um, that if somebody's on chemotherapy, it is really important to make sure you talk to your doctor before using any type of PMF um, at all because it does help with the absorption of certain issues. So, um, Yes, that is something you really want to talk to your doctor about because you don't want to absorb too much of chemotherapy. You want to you want to be at the, you know, the doctor needs to understand how it's working in you and you need to understand it. So we have, as a company, always recommended waiting weeks afterwards and talking to your doctor before um, ever using PMF of any type after dream chemotherapy. That's just very important for me to say. But I do recommend that, like like Dr. Meyer said, if you are, um, if you've had cancer, you're you know you're worried about your immunity right now, and you talk to your doctor. I believe that it's an excellent thing to just keep your body healthy. It's very important, I think, for people to understand that this isn't a cure all. What it's doing is helping your body function at its best. So just like exercise and eating the right food, if you can add something in that is a healthy alternative to keep your body feeling great, and then you might not get as sick if you get COVID. You might not, you'll be able to, your body will be able to fight these things better, but it's not the machine or a PMF that's doing it. What it is doing it is your body. So giving your body all the tools is very important. And I think people miss that sometimes. 
Yeah, I, th I think that's the, the sort of key take home for the virus right now is we don't have medicine to make this different or better. There's no intervention that we're going to give other than supportive care. We're going to put water in your body. We're going to help you breathe if you can't breathe well. Uh, that's kind of what we've got right yeah. now. So, you know, you doing that at home is going to be critical. So staying as healthy as you can, drinking plenty of water, you know, eating nutritious foods. There are plenty of foods that are medicinal on a level, lots of teas and things that will help support your immune systems. So knowing those things, you know, and, and engaging them and then de-stressing, relaxing, getting great sleep, you know, getting in some supplements that might help your system work a little bit more efficiently under a stressed time frame, you know, um, and then and then just getting your head clear. Uh, life has changed. It's it's going to be different for several months. We're not exactly sure when it's going to go back to what we called normal before now. Maybe this is the new normal. I don't know. Um, but but certainly this is we just don't know enough about this virus and this virus pattern yet to make a predictable statement, you know, about what's going to be happening next. So the expectation is that a lot of people are going to get sick. Um, that the vast majority of those people will have an illness that's uncomfortable, but that they will recover from. Um, we are concerned about the number of people who are not recovering. So yeah. th those are the numbers that I think everyone is watching carefully and, and, and closely. So. Not having to go to the hospital is important. I, I just keep thinking yes. to myself, like if I get sick, if I'm taking these vitamins and I'm magnuaving myself, the difference could be that I don't go to the doctor. I don't have to go to the hospital. I might get sick. I might not even have to be tested if I can go 14 days, feel great, not have any problem breathing. And I think that's going to be the difference in this is just taking care of your body. Mm -hmm. And if you are sick, staying away from other people, like right. stay home, order your groceries have them left on the porch. You know, I really think that that's very important. Basically, what I'm hearing from you is stay home, take your vitamins, drink hot tea, relax, magnify yourself and get some good sleep, which is like the best thing that I've ever heard anybody told me to do in order to help others is I just have to chill. Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I think if you do go out again, mind your social distancing pattern. I mean, you know, we were talking about parks just a few minutes ago. The the governor of New York State literally, because people weren't social distancing, closed the parks. So you guys be on your best behavior from that perspective. You know, a lot of states are engaging their National Guard. They're trying to keep everyone protected. Uh, we don't want this to be something that becomes a mandatory phenomenon. Yeah. Um, so, you know, be, be careful about your own person and about your own self and then be respectful of everyone else's sort of personal space in that uh same setting because they're going to try to do the same things. So I think if we work together, uh, we can flatten this curve and potentially help not as many people get sick and hopefully not as much of them at the same time so that we have resources that we can appropriately use as we need them. Yeah. Um, Judy asked how Magnway practitioners are guarding against spreading COVID to their clients. Now, as a company, we did recommend that that people stop having contact, um, like one-on-one -on -one contact with people or going in and, and treating a, a great group of people or, or you know, having a Magnway wellness session. Um, it, so we have recommended a sterilization program that we sit down to everybody on how to clean everything, um, what to wear, providing gloves and a mask to people. Um, but we've also talked a little bit about wiping everything down and dropping it off and allowing people to do their wellness sessions at home. 
Um, and then they clean it down and put it in, uh, leave it outside so that there is this contactless uh, situation. Obviously, I believe that Nine Wave is good. Um, you're, but you know, if you don't have access to a machine, we are recommending that people do more of a drop-off, sterilized situation instead of having, you know, this time in each other's homes or these groups. Um, and we have talked about cleaning the machine and the attachment. Some people are going into barns and treating horses because there's no people there, and there's still precautions that need to be taken in those situations if you're going to be treating animals. I mean, wearing a mask, wiping everything down, not touching your face. It's very similar to going in the grocery store. You can have a contactless uh, situation without um, actually, uh, but with allowing you to still use the machine. So I think that that's very important. All of our practitioners have been aware of that, but it's just really um, the idea is that if you know how to clean everything and you're taking care of yourself, it's okay to, you know, get a loaner machine, but don't, you don't want to pass it around. You don't want to have group settings. We're, we're really recommending that people don't do that um, at this time. So do you think that it's a good idea for people uh, to maybe rent a machine for a day or to use PMF, but then just keep the contact away? I, I mean, I, I feel like, yes, that's that. If you could rent the machine, that would be great. Um, you know, if you are not able to do that, the drop off, clean and, and pick up scenario is, is reasonable as well. I mean, that's what we're recommending everyone do. Right. So everyone is doing contact list deliveries uh, across the board from food sources to groceries to, you know, supplies and those types of things for, for individuals. So you could still do that in that same way uh, with MagnaWave. Just be kind of vigilant if, if you. Um, are going to be out and about as you're delivering, you know, your machine to a client, then just be careful in your own personhood and, and watch your contact. And a lot of your conversation with your client can be done on the phone through a FaceTiming event. Um, they can show you what they're doing. You can say yes or no and move things around. So you don't really need to be directly in contact with them to do that. Uh, and then it really is just about cleaning the equipment once it's returned to you so that you're not then taking that to someone else's home and, you know, spreading through that direct contact fashion, um, the virus. Yeah, that's what we've recommended to people. We are, we um, like I had a webinar just with our practitioners last week where we talked about cleaning and sterilizing the unit, taking your gloves off afterwards, washing your hands, washing everything, and then you know putting a piece of tape over the you know the way that it, the MagnaWave it before you give it to them so they know that it hasn't been touched since it's been cleaned. Just little things like that can make you feel better. I know they're doing that with food service where you know they're taping the bags and they're taping things uh, so that you don't that somebody hasn't been in it or rummaging through it or any of those type of issues. So we're almost done, Amanda. We have about four minutes left and we're going to wrap this up. So if somebody has a last minute question, please ask it now. Uh, but our, what other things? I know we, uh, MagnaWave has two supplements, the HydraWave and the C60. Mm -hmm. I know that I sent you some information. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about if you liked what you read on that information and uh, like, what do you think of those two supplements? Um, I personally like the HydraWave. I have uh, use that in our home. Um, it is, it's sort of, it's like a silver colloid, but not. So that's, what's interesting about it. The, the silver colloids have gotten some plus and minus reviews, uh, from the FDA. So we like it topically. We do not like you to swallow it. When you swallow a silver colloid, you can keep the silver in the skin, uh, permanently. And that's not something we want to see build up over time. Yeah, uh, because we worry about what that can do from that perspective. The HydraWave does not do that. So you're not building up a volume of silver in the body, which is actually 
kind of the best of both worlds. Silver is one of the best antiseptics that we know. So if you have a secondary infection, virus, bacteria, fungus, parasite, um, the things that can make you ill, the silver will literally destroy that product. Um, so if you are drinking HydroWave, it certainly can help clean and clear the body and then protect against an overwhelming volume of virus and bacteria. So, you know, maybe right now that would be a reasonable thing to engage just uh, as a, another way of staying healthy for mm -hmm. the most part. So again, looking at it like a supplement, like something that helps your body stay maybe a little more viral free uh, from that perspective. So I like that product. The C60, um, they, it's three different products combined into one unit. They, the research that they have done shows that the telomeres, um, which are sort of like the, so every chromosome, you think of it like a, a like a, a, a rope sort of shape. And on the very ends of the rope, you have caps. So the telomeres are actually caps. And there's some good data that will tell you that the length or the width of that cap is what will predict the lifespan of the chromosome. And so the assumption is that if my telomere is bigger, that my lifespan is going to be greater. Um, and so what the C60 uh, product is doing is lengthening the telomere on the chromosome. So you're looking not maybe at a, a product that would be specific to right now virus and antiviral components, but you're looking at a product that over time will help longevity of your chromosomes of your DNA, which is what your chromosomes carry uh, across the board. So that, and that's valuable and important because if our DNA can survive longer, then every time we're replicating it, it's replicating more accurately. And then our cells are more sort of true to what they should be. And then we'll function more appropriately. So it's a long-term thing. You would want to long -term C60 and take it every day for a long period of time. This is not something that you're going to take and Oh, you're going to be so much better. Right. Or you're going to, it's not that. And then the HydroWave, what I'm doing is I'm putting, I actually have some here. I'm putting um, about one ounce into mm -hmm. uh, my family's drinking water, mm -hmm. like the pitcher that we drink out of the fridge, um, sometimes two ounces in there. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's drinking it all day. They don't even know that they're getting the hydrate because this is a concentrate. Um, and my thought process behind that is that it's not going to hurt anything. And if I can keep um, my family's bodies healthier and keep those right. viral things away, a lot of times they talk about this as a nose, a throat thing mm -hmm. um, that starts that drinking that hydrowave is not going to do anything other than help them. And I think that that's important. It's kind of like there isn't going to be a problem. It's just going to help you keep yourself you know, from getting sick. And I think that's really important. People need to, at this time, take, do more things to protect themselves, um, just like gloves and all that. If you can take a supplement or drink something that's going to keep you better, that's a, a good recommendation right now. Yeah, I would agree. Again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the supplements. I mean, that's, I, I might be doing more than I need, but, uh, you know, the insurance in, in my world is, is reassuring. Uh, especially if you're demanding a lot out of your body uh, on, a, on a regular basis. And, and right now, while this virus, it's, it's, it's going to get everywhere. You know, even if your community right now doesn't have it, you're going to start seeing cases of it. So, yeah. you know, we, we can't expect this to not spread, just like we don't expect the flu to not spread. We know everyone will have an exposure and a time frame, you know, where, where that's going to become part of your reality. And the, the real question at that moment is how healthy are you? 
because the healthier you are, the less, you know, those symptoms affect you. The, the, you know, the sicker you are, the least healthy you are, then the greater those illness, you know, impact factors will become. And so everything that you can do right now to support your body is pivotal. Yeah. I completely agree. I uh, Tracy Walker Bush asked about the nebulizer with MagnaWave and HydroWave. I do put HydroWave in, my, in a nebulizer that we have at our house. If somebody's sick, um, I just don't think it's a bad thing to do. Breathing in the air uh, that's clean and has the HydroWave in it. I also put some essential oils. I think whatever you do at home that makes you feel better about um, you know your health and your wellness for your family is important. Uh, we are we are done. Uh, time is up. So I really want to thank you, Dr. Myers, for coming. I know that you're busy, you're on the front lines of this, you're working with people, so we cannot thank you enough for answering uh, our questions today. And, you know, I, I wish you the best. And if I can do anything to support you uh, or your family at this time, please let me know. But I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, certainly. It's my pleasure. It was great to talk with everyone and great to see you, Elaine. Yay! Thank you, everybody.